I want to start by saying thank you to all of you for your prayers, your notes of encouragement, your, your willingness to jump in and write to the powers that be and ask them to intervene. Everything, every way that you have supported me and Rachel and, and our kids in the, in the last two months, I, I can't express the depth of gratitude, the, the thankfulness that we are a part of a body of people who, who love us, who are rooting for us, who are on our side. And, and I know that without every single one of you, the prayers that you prayed, the, the things that, that you have done over these last two months, that this outcome wouldn't have been what it is today. So thank you so much to every single one of you. If you are new with us, you have no idea what I'm talking about. That's okay, you'll find out in the next 30 minutes, Um, and uh, really glad that you decided to join us on this, the final day of 2017. My prayer is that over over the next half an hour, uh, that you are going to hear a a word from from the scripture that is going to give you hope, hope for 2018, that that God is going to do a new thing, a new thing in your life and our lives together in this new year. I feel drawn to preach from a passage that we had not planned for, for this weekend. The last couple of months have been a, uh, quite an experience for me, and so I, um, I really felt that this was something that, that God had for us this, this weekend. And so I'm, I'm going to speak to you this morning from a book in the Old Testament, Isaiah, and uh, Isaiah was a prophet who lived in modern-day Israel about 2,500, 2,600 years ago. He was called by God to share a message, to be God's mouthpiece to God's people at that time. And he called the people to return to faithfulness, to the God who'd brought them out of slavery in Egypt, who'd brought them into the promised land, and who had poured his blessings upon them. And sadly for, I, I, I need to get this, Isaiah, 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 whatever it is. Sadly for the prophet, I'm going to call him the prophet from now on. Sadly for the prophet, he didn't see the outcome that he'd hoped for. People did not return to God in the way that he had hoped that they would. And this nation, this, this people of God were exiled from the promised land to a country not their own, to a city not their own, to Babylon. And the words that we're going to read this morning, we're in Isaiah 43, if you want to start turning there, the words we're going to read bore particular relevance to the people of God as they were in exile, as they were in a land not their own, as they were far from the promised land that they felt God had called them to. Maybe you can see why these words have been significant to me over the last few weeks. So Isaiah 43... I'm going to read 16 through 19 to you this morning. It's going to be on the screen, so you can look up there if you don't have a Bible. Thus says the Lord, who makes a way in the sea, a path in the mighty waters, who brings forth chariot and horse, army and warrior. They lie down, they cannot rise, they are extinguished, quenched like a wick. This is what the Lord says. Remember not the former things, nor consider the things of old. Behold, I am doing a new thing. Now it springs forth. Do you not perceive it? I will make a way in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. This is the word of the Lord. Would you pray with me? 
God, I ask that this morning you would bring these words to life for us. Your spirit would be at work opening our hearts, opening our minds to to understand, to receive what it is that you have for us this morning. God, I I pray that the words I speak would be the words that, that you ordain for me to speak, the words you want me to speak. I pray that nothing would get in the way of you communicating the message you have this morning to your people. And I pray that we may leave filled with hope. Hope in the new thing that you are going to do. In Jesus' name, amen. So for those of you who, who are unaware of, of what's been happening in the last couple of months, eight weeks ago, my family, so uh, my wife Rachel, two kids, Evelyn and Ezra, we took a trip to the UK. That's where we're from. Originally, we've been here about seven years. And we went back to see family, thought it was just going to be a nice few weeks. And while we were there, we had to visit the embassy, the U.S. embassy in London. We needed to go renew our visa. And this was something, we'd been to the embassy two times before and had no problems. And we've renewed our visa in country here in the U.S. countless times. Um, more than that, you know, we, we really felt as we were leaving here, as we were heading back, that this was where God had called us, perhaps more sure than ever that this was where God had called us. And so we did not expect any difficulties, any problems with this interview at the embassy. I remember that morning walking uh, to the embassy, and as I was walking along the, the side of the embassy with my wife, Rachel, you see the steps where you come out, and I turned to her and I said, that, you know, there's nothing like walking down those steps with that feeling of, yes, it's done, it's behind us, we can get back to where God has called us to be. Well, two hours later, we walked down those steps in shock, in disbelief, just unable to understand what had just taken place. Our visa was denied, and as we came to understand later, not only was it denied, but it was denied with no possibility of review or appeal. It was just done. The passage we just read begins with the prophet reminding the people who is this God who is speaking to them. Who is the Lord? Who is Yahweh? He starts by saying, Thus says the Lord who makes a way in the sea, a path in the mighty waters. He's calling the people of God back to remember who is this God. And the imagery that he uses, the imagery associated with their exodus from Egypt the parting of the Red Sea, the walking through the people on dry land, the coming in of the waves on top of the chariots and the horsemen behind them, them being extinguished, them being set free from slavery. The prophet is reminding the people that this is who their God is. He is a God who made a way in the waters. And after our interview, after our visa denial, I, I knew I knew that was who my God was. I knew he was more powerful than the powers of of this earth. But I'll be honest, because I knew that he was more powerful than the powers of the State Department, I knew that he must have allowed our visa to be denied. And what I began to think was, you know what, if, if that's the case then maybe our time in the U.S. is done. Maybe God is done with us here. And I wonder if the people of God thought the same thing. 
They'd seen God make a way in the sea. They'd seen this mighty exodus take place out of Egypt. They'd been brought into the promised land, but here they are in exile, in a land not their own. And it doesn't seem like God is doing anything about it. And I wonder if what they started to think was, maybe God is done with us. Maybe he's done with us in that land. Maybe he's finished. Maybe you have a time in in your life, maybe you're in a time in your life right now where it feels like you're in exile or you're facing a desert or a wilderness. Perhaps it's because you're your job is coming to an end or a relationship to your spouse or significant other looks like it's falling apart or maybe it's because you, your children have turned away from the Lord or, or maybe it's because you've just received a diagnosis or you did receive a diagnosis of, of cancer or, or a sickness or, or maybe it's because your business has had a bad year. I don't know. But I think every single one of us can relate to this idea of feeling like God isn't coming through in the way that we've seen him come through before. We prayed, we'd hoped, we believed, and yet here we are. Here we are. And I wonder if you had the same thought that I was having. Maybe God's done with us. Maybe, maybe God's done with us there. But Isaiah, the prophet, does not want the people of God to believe that God is done with them, because he was not done with them. He carried on, and we read these words, verse 18, remember not the former things, nor consider the things of old. I want to tell you a story. I'm pretty sure it's not a true story, but I'm going to tell you it anyway. A little girl was in the kitchen at home with her mom, and she turned to her mom and she said, hey, mom, is God everywhere? Now, Alpha's coming up. That's a great question to ask at Alpha, by the way. Is God everywhere? And her mom went, yeah, yeah, God is everywhere. The girl turned to her mom and said, so so is God in this kitchen? And her mom went, yeah, God's in this kitchen. So she went, so he's got in that mason jar over on the side there. Her mum thought for a moment. Well, I guess God's everywhere in the... Yeah, yeah, God's in that mason jar over there. And so the little girl crept up on it, grabbed the lid, slammed it on it, and said, Got him! You know, it's crazy to think about putting the God of the universe, the God who made a way in the sea, putting that God, all-powerful being, inside a jar. And I believe that this is what the prophet is calling the people of God out on, that they have put him inside a jar. When he says to them, remember not the former things, nor consider the things of old, I think what he is trying to tell them is he's telling them, you are basing your understanding of God upon how he has worked in the past. And you are saying, God, this is how you have worked in the past, and so therefore you must work the same way in the future. That their past experience of God is limiting how they believe he can work in the future. 
And they have put him in a jar and they have said, God, this is you. This is what you can do. But we're facing this and you can't do this. And Isaiah is calling them out on it. And he's saying, remember not the things of the past. Don't dwell upon that. Don't live in that as if that's the only way God can do things. And over the last two months, this has been something that I've had to come to terms with. I feel like God's been calling me out on the same thing. That I've put him in a jar and I've said, well, you got us a visa initially, you got us here and we've, we've renewed it a bunch of times and we even came across a, a, a notice of intent to deny a few years ago and, 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 and that, we overcame that, you overcame that, but here we are and we've got a denial. A denial without any appeal or review. And God, I haven't seen you overcome that before. So I don't know if you're going to. And I wonder if this is the end. But the word the prophet Isaiah has is to say, remember not the former things. Don't allow that past experience of how God has worked limit the future possibility of how he is yet to work. And I wonder if you have found yourself in the same place. Maybe you find yourself in that place right now. Where you are looking back on on the way God has worked in your life in the past. And you are allowing that to limit how he could work in the future. I don't know what that might look like for you. I wonder this morning if if God is going to reveal something to you about that. But if that's so... And I believe it is so for many of us. Then I want you to hear what the prophet is saying. He is saying, remember not the former things, nor consider the things of old. Don't get stuck and limited by the way God has worked in the past. Because the Lord says, verse 19, behold, I am doing a new thing. Now it springs forth. Do you not Perceive it. I will make a way in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. Isaiah is saying to the people of God, God came through for you before in the past. He made a way in the Red Sea. But the reality is you're not facing a sea right now. You're facing a wilderness. But he is a God who is going to do a new thing. He is not limited by what he has done in the past. He has a new thing that he is going to do. He is going to make a way in that wilderness for you to return to the promised land. He is going to bring forth streams in the desert to revive you and bring you new life. Behold, God is doing a new thing. 18 months ago, my family and I went to Fresno for a couple of weeks Wonderful place, Fresno, if you ever get a chance to go there. And while we were there, my mom came and visited us. And we took a trip together to Yosemite National Park. And this was just a few months after my dad had unexpectedly passed away. Him and my mom had been married almost 30 years. And at the end of the day, I said to my mom, Hey, mom, what, what, what was Yosemite like for you? What, what did you think? What was your experience? She started to get really emotional, and she said, as I, as I looked out from Glacier Point at Half Dome, I felt like that was a picture of my life, like I was half the person that I used to be. 
She said, I started to feel sad. But then I felt like God said something to me. God said, Anne, I am doing a new thing. I am doing a new thing. You know, half dome could have been a whole dome. Could have been a whole dome. But I tell you what, if half dome was a whole dome, I'm not sure people would flock from thousands and thousands of miles away to come and be inspired by its majestic stature, its it's nature, that people would want to climb it, that people would talk about it, that people's breath would be taken away. But because Half Dome is a Half Dome, because it is half of what it could have been, it inspires awe. It stirs something within us. And my mom felt like God was saying to her, that may be a picture of you, but I am doing a new thing. I am doing a new thing. Whatever you might be facing in 2018, whatever that might hold for you, I believe that God is doing a new thing. He is going to do a new thing in your life and in my life because He is the God of new things. He is the God who is making all things new. He is the God who, when the world tried to crucify him, put him in a tomb, seal it with a stone, he is the God who broke forth that seal, who rose again to new life and now offers new life to every single one of us who believes in him. This is the God that we worship. He is the God of new things, and I believe that he is doing a new thing in your midst this year. And the question, the question, the question we have to ask is, are we putting him in a jar and limiting what he can do? Are we willing to allow him to be God? Or are we going to say, you know what, God, you can just, you can have this little space right here. That's it. And I've got the rest of it. Or are we going to say, no, God have everything. Take it all, take it all. Have your way and make a way. I had to come to grips with that over the last few weeks. I had to be willing to give everything up to say, you know what, God, I haven't seen you work this way before. I'm a bit surprised by the circumstances I find myself in, but I'm going to take that lid off the jar And I'm going to trust and believe that you are doing something new. Something that I don't yet understand, I don't yet perceive, but I'm going to trust you and I'm going to believe that you are going to do it. And two weeks ago, our visa was granted at a second interview. We can return to the U.S. And and, and God has been teaching me through this time not to limit him, not to put boundaries upon the ways that I think he can work in my life. And I believe God is stirring something new within me, within my family. And I wonder, I wonder what it is, the new thing that God is going to do in you in 2018. I wonder what that might be. And I wonder if you are willing to let him do it. Or if you are going to try and contain him in based upon what he's done before. Do you perceive a new thing that God is doing in your life. 
I think this is a, a word for, for each of us individually. And in a moment, I want to give us an opportunity to just reflect a little bit in the quiet that we have here and, and reflect what, what might that be for us as individuals? What might that new thing be that God is doing? But I also wonder if this is not just a word for us individually, but, but a word for us as, as the church, as a whole, as the body of Christ. I had the opportunity while I was in the UK to take some study leave. All your pastors get two weeks a year to, to study, and I hadn't taken mine, and so I, I took them, and I decided I wanted to study the church in the UK and see what can we learn from the church in the UK. Because the church in the UK seems like it's maybe 20, 30 years ahead of the church in the US in terms of decline. So what lessons might there be? And here's, here's what I found I, as I spoke to different church leaders and as I read, is, is that culture has shifted dramatically in the last 30 years. People are no longer trust institutions. People are not willing or wanting to serve and volunteer in their community. And people don't do relationships like they used to do them because we're all virtually connected instead of actually connected. And the church in the UK really has put God in a jar and said, God, this is the way you worked in the past, and so we're just going to keep doing the same thing and believe that that's going to work in the future. And church attendance in the UK is dropping off a cliff. The church in the UK is dying. But there are parts of the church in the UK where God is doing a new thing where God is making a way in the wilderness. And I found one of them in a, in a place that surprised me. It was in my hometown where I grew up, in the, in the parish church there. This is a church that was dead, not full of life at all when I was growing up. But six or seven years ago, a group of men and women in that church got together and they said, we are done with doing things the way we've always done them. Because if we keep going the way we've always gone, we will die. Our church will die. And they said, we need to take the constraints off of our understanding of how God works. And we need to let God be God, and we need to let Him have His way. And over the last six or seven years, God has been springing forth a new thing in their midst. I got to speak to several people when I was there who've experienced the, the transformation of life, the, the new thing that God is doing. A young, newlywed couple who uh, attended the Alpha course over the last few months. A couple who had no church experience in their background but were invited to come to Alpha and have had a powerful encounter with the Holy Spirit that has given them a foundation for their marriage that, that they never would have had if God hadn't been doing that new thing. I got to speak to a young lady who was a friend of theirs who they'd invited to church. A lady who two Sundays ago woke up at 6.30 in the morning, never, no church experience, woke up at 6.30 in the morning, they'd invited her, and she said, I have to go to church today. And she came to church that day. She spent the whole service in tears. She came forward for prayer at the end, and she gave her life to Jesus that morning. She said, morning has turned to joy in my life. I got to meet a man, an, an older gentleman whose wife has been praying for him for years and years and years and years that he would come to know Jesus, who, who went on the Alpha course this fall 
and had a radical, transformative encounter with the Holy Spirit. This is a man who in his past life had been involved in drugs and crime and who had come away from that. A man who said to me, I've experienced that transformation, but what I'm undergoing now is like nothing I've experienced before because I am being changed from the inside out. I am being transformed. God is doing a new thing in their midst. God is doing a new thing in the church in the UK in those places where they're willing to take the lid off the jar and say, God, you be God and you do what you want to do. We're not going to let our traditions or our comfort or our own security get in the way of what you want to do. And here's what I wonder. I wonder if there's something in that for us here in the U.S. I wonder if there's a a message for us in the U.S. that God wants to do a new thing, but what it is going to require is for us to take the lid off the jar. You know, I'm so glad that I'm called to a church that has never been afraid to take risks. That I'm called to a church that has never let tradition get in the way of what God wants to do. I'm so thankful to be a part of this body. But I'm also wondering what it is that God wants to do in the future? What is that new thing that he wants to do in our midst? And what that might require of me, what I might have to give up, what I might have to let go of in order to let God out of the jar. And what that might mean for all of us. I believe God wants to do a new thing in our midst. I don't know what it is, but I know that it's going to require us to let go, to take him out of the jar, let him out of the jar, let him be who he is, the God of new things, and allow him to work in our midst. So I want us to take a moment as we finish. Gunner's going to come up and we'll sing again in, in a little bit. I want us to take a moment to reflect. What is it? What is that new thing that God might be doing in us? And what might he be saying to us about jars that that we have put him in? What might be those things in our life? So I want to invite you. Would you close your eyes just so that you can have a moment where you can reflect? I want you to invite God. Say, Say, God, come, speak to me. Holy Spirit, come. God, I pray that you would open our eyes. 
God, that we would see how we might be limiting you, how we might be trying to constrain you. We might see how futile it is. God, I pray that we might let go, that we might let you be who you are and let you have your way. God, whatever we are facing, I pray that you would give us hope, hope that you are going to do a new thing that you will make a way in the wilderness and bring forth streams in the desert, in the deserts of our lives. God, I pray that you would help us to wholly put our trust in you, the God of new things, the God who is making all things new, who is bringing dead things to life. I pray that we might be a church that is willing to step out, that is willing to participate in the new things that you are doing, that through us, God, you might use us to set people free. That, God, we might see a new thing done on this peninsula, in this city. That we might see springs coming forth, streams coming forth in in the wilderness of people's lives. God, would you use us, your church, to do that?